from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, as well as on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT, and on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, all inside of the Cafe Kubal studios. And I'm very honored to have Simir Torrance here with me, coming to Syracuse from the Marquette basketball team of D1 and, and having an opportunity to come back home to the Syracuse Orange men's basketball squad. We got a lot to get into, so let's bring him in. Samir, how you doing today? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing well, man. And, and, and first and foremost, I mean, this has been an interesting road. So tell me, you know, now that hindsight's 2020, uh, tell me about your recruitment and what ultimately made you choose Marquette when you when you did choose them back. Um, I mean, it, it went on. It went all into. Who was recruiting me and how they were recruiting me and um, the assistant coach there, well, who was there, Dwayne Killings, um, he was recruiting me for a long time and he was first at UConn when he started recruiting me and then he went to Marquette and he never really lost touching and um, that relationship just kept building on and on and uh, I mean he, he just really told me that he was, he wanted to be invested in me and and only me, and um, I put my trust into him. And, um, that relationship just really built, built on and on. And uh, just when I got on my official visit, uh, the players just made it more comfortable for me to come in and um, and be like a younger brother to them. Uh, I'll just shout like three of the players out that were really like the mentors when I was on my official visits were Greg Elliott, Jamal Kane, and, and Theo John. Um, I just look at those guys as uh, three older brothers that I'll always have in, in my mind. Um, that relationship is going to go further than basketball. I know whenever I I contact them, they're, they're going to pick up, and and it's just going to be like a, a brotherly conversation. So, I mean, I appreciate those guys, and unless they... How much they've done for me ever since I was at Marquette. And to shout out those three gentlemen, uh, what was you know what makes them so special that you really uh, feel like that relationship will always be there? I mean, just the the real conversations that they were having with me and and them being them being just outstanding in their conversation. So. I mean, when you first meet somebody, you have, like, the originally, hi, how are you doing, where you're from, and all that. But, like, when I met them, it was more than just the basketball talk and and, um, and nice to meet you. It was more of a deeper conversation and what the team actually needs. And and they kind of knew my game coming in when I came on the official visit. And that's, that's really what stood out to me is that the players actually – kind of invest in who the coaches are recruiting and, and making sure that, okay, this guy can actually fit on our team. And that's what really stood out to me. So um, the, the things that they did for me, the little things really, um, 
just really stood out to me and uh what what program don't I want to be involved in that that have players like that Speaking here with Samir Torrance on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. You made that decision uh, way back when. Uh, what was your relationship with Syracuse when you were going through your recruitment and ultimately chose Marquette? Um, I mean, my, my uh, relationship with the Syracuse staff was always uh, just bigger than basketball. Uh, I mean, I've I known those guys for for a long time, ever since like fifth grade, um, just going to like the basketball academy camps when Mike Hopkins was there and he was running the camps um, and getting to know Buddy, Buddy Behan a lot more than what he is um, and getting to know the players that I used to look up to at Syracuse and getting to know the coaches a little bit more, including Coach Jim Behan. Um, I mean, that, that those relationships really just kept building on and even when I didn't commit to those guys, they, they truly understood and um, they just wished me nothing but the best and they always told me that they're always here for me if they need if I need anything and uh, I really I really accepted that and um when a coach really says that I feel like he's not really just saying it just to say it. I feel like when Coach Jim Beheim said that, uh, I actually believed him. Um so I mean that that's how really it happened, and it goes back to and so like why I, I really de- decided to come back is the relationships that I still have with the coaches that really never left. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, it, it never left. When you didn't commit to Syracuse, it bring me into that, the fact that their relationship with you was still positive when you told them no, just how much that meant to you. I mean, it meant a lot. Um, I don't know how it really feels until I become a coach one day, when I, which I want to do. But um, obviously, when you when you hear the word no or or it doesn't go your way, you, you tend to um, just kind of shove it away and and keep it moving. But that's not really what they did. I mean, obviously they kept it moving, but they made sure that I was happy and um, that it was a it was a good decision for me. And at the time it was. So, I mean, I just thank those guys a lot. And they, they understood what, what I was doing and what I was trying to do. How hard was it for you, Samir, to tell your hometown no when, back when you chose Marquette? Uh, I mean, it was hard, but at the same time it wasn't. Uh, people understood where I was coming from at the time when, when I was a, a rising class senior, um, Syracuse had a lot of guards, and they knew that Syracuse wasn't the best options for me at the time, so I had to look into other options, and um, saying no really didn't mean that Syracuse wasn't in my heart. Uh, it was just saying I, I need to look for something different, and that's all it was, and everybody in the city stood behind me and, and felt that it was the the right decision to go somewhere else you know and you ultimately choose Marquette like you said you know you commit to a staff so many players are judged about how you know especially with the transfer portal now there's a lot of judgment of 
you know, why, do, why can't players commit to anything? Why can't they stay somewhere? But coaches have never had to. And when you commit to a coach, I don't think that people really understand that committing to that coach and to maybe that scheme and what they want or how they envision things, that when somebody else comes in, it changes that. And it can change it drastically. So what can you say to maybe the imbalance of people understanding that, you know, they, they seem to be hard on the players but not so hard on the coaches, knowing that uh, coaches change all the time? I mean, um, it's, really, it's really all the stuff that they really just don't see behind the scenes. Um, you just never know what a player is going through or what a player is told. Um, coaches have the ability to tell a player or even promise a player something and and to turn around the next day and not do it or, or not tell them. So, I mean, there's a lot of players out there that's going through the same thing that I went through. And um, someday when I get older, I want to write a book on making sure young men like me make these decisions, they're making these decisions based off of the right facts um, I'm not saying my decision to go to Marquette was a bad decision but I wish I would have thought about it more, I wish I would have went into more of an understanding of who the coaches are and, and what their system is like um, I mean I didn't have the two years that I wanted to have. Obviously, my first year, there were some some veterans in front of me, and I understood that. But I, I definitely felt like the second year could have been my year. And um, obviously, that didn't go well, but that didn't stop my attitude from encouraging the teammates that I love and just just being there for them. Um, but I just, I just really wanted to say that like you you really don't know what a what a player is going through behind the scenes and what he's told and and really what what goes on in practice um i can tell you now like there there wasn't one practice of mine that i really wasn't um the signer that everybody knows and that's what that's what made it more frustrating than ever um how you give it to all every day in practice and then the game comes around and you don't you don't get the opportunity to show everybody that your work actually plays off and um i mean it's hard it's hard so i mean you don't feel like you were lied to but you obviously like you said you want to write a book about the process and learning things what was the biggest thing that you learned about about the process that you could impart on somebody else when they're trying to make a decision, what what are the things that you really feel like you took away from it, like hindsight 2020? Um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's more of a, you have to study the coaches and, and the players a little bit more. Um, you have to know the situation that you're coming in. Um, you have to ask the, the the big questions. Don't be afraid to ask the big, the big questions on, on like your official visits or even just talking to a coach. Like, obviously, as a high school senior or junior, and you you want to go to college, but you don't just want to go to college. Like, you want to play. And uh, I felt like that was some of the 
I probably should have asked more, like, what, what was my playing time going to be and, and how would I fit into your system? Um, I mean, I asked those questions, but obviously the answer wasn't the same when I got there. Um, so... So you take what you learn from that. I mean, uh, Marquette just going through a, a coaching change again with Shaka Smart coming in from Texas. Was there any part of you that wanted to see that through, or was your mind made up? Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, he called me right away when he got the job. Uh, and I've just heard nothing but great things about the coach. Um, and I heard similarities that he was – kind of just like me, a positive thinker, a positive learner, uh, a person that always likes to give off good energy, and who doesn't want to be close by that, but at the same time, I feel like it was it was in me that I needed something different, and I needed to come back home if that was a, a, if that was a chance, and soon enough, that chance came through, but um, I mean, I wish the guys and Coach Shaka Smart nothing but the best. Uh, Marquette will always be in my heart, uh, no matter what my two years was look, was uh, looked at, and um, and yeah. Yeah, coming from Simon Torrance here with us on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal studios. Uh, Simon, you said that you know you just ultimately felt like you had to come home. Uh, was was Syracuse the only school on your mind? Was it Syracuse or bust? Or was there somebody else that was in the mix? I mean, it was a bunch of low-major schools. Um, I really just wanted to go to a school where I can play. I, I really felt the last two years in college ba- that I had in college basketball, I wasn't really able to show what I can do. And, and I just wanted to go to a, a place where I can play my game and, and the coach can trust me and, and the players have that trust in me as well. Um, so, I mean, I had... UMass in mind. I had Siena. I had U Albany. Um, I also had South Florida that came a little later. Uh, and then I had a couple of high majors as of like South Carolina and Wake Forest that came along. Um, but obviously, those schools weren't um, the final destination for me. Um, and Syracuse was a last minute decision, and I'm glad. It kind of came through um, because I really wanted to come home and and play in front of my f- friends and family. You know, you said Syracuse was a last-minute decision. Why? Why was it last minute? I mean, um, obviously they were still in the tournament when I got into the portal, and we really couldn't talk to them because they were obviously still playing and. I didn't. I didn't want to bug them. I didn't want to be that that person who wants to talk to the coaches who are still in in the tournament and they have their own things going on and they're thinking about winning the next game. So I didn't. I didn't really want to do that. I just. Uh, I just really waited. And sad to say that they lost to Houston. Um, but two days after they lost, I had contacted Buddy and I had told him I was interested in. The conversation went from that, and Coach Bayheim, soon enough, like a couple of days later, called me and told told me he's interested in me. He's watched me play ever since I was younger. He he knows my abilities, my strengths, 
he knows what I can do with the basketball. And um, that just really went went well for me. Um, Because Behan actually knows my game because he's watched me over the years progress. And and I wanted to play for a coach who I can trust. And I feel like I can trust Coach Jim Behan. And and during that call, he just told me I had to wait um, to see what the situation was going to be whether who was leaving and who was staying. And um, soon enough, uh, my opportunity came and he called me and and wanted to make sure if, if Syracuse was the right place where I wanted to be. And I just told him, yes, it is. It's, uh, it's definitely the right place I want to be. And um, Buddy, Buddy Rayheim and, and Julie, they were in the background um, screaming and, and happy. And that's... Uh, the moment I'm going to cherish forever. So I'm excited. You know, and Samir, you know, how much did the Kadari Richmond situation play in knowing that, you know, he was supposed to be the point guard of the future? How how did that play in to the decision? Uh, I mean, it was a big decision. Uh, obviously, he's a, he was a freshman and he was very talented. I mean, I liked his game a lot, uh, but it was really just based off of whether he was either going to stay or leave. Um, and um, obviously, he entered the portal. He wanted to see if he if he could get a better opportunity, a better chance. And um, I just wish him nothing but the best. Um, and that was my opportunity to come in. And I just took it. You know, we look at the fact that it was like bad news, bad news, bad news for Syracuse, and then you were the good news. We saw that, you know, Robert Braswell was transferring out, that John Bolzak was leaving, and Kadari Richmond. And then after all of that news, here pops in, you know, you wearing Syracuse and, and, you know, everything edited to show you in that Syracuse orange and that you're coming home and all of that. How big was that for you to be a part of that? Because fans were kind of freaking out at that time. Three guys had transferred out. It was like all bad news and people were kind of scrambling. And then all of a sudden, here's the good news. And, and I believe that when I posted it and utilized one of the awesome pictures you put out, I put, you know, this is what you should be focusing on. So what was what was it like for you to to be that to be that like you know kind of knight in shining armor where everybody was kind of feeling like down doom and gloom and then here comes this good news of a you know a hometown guy coming home i mean it felt it was a just a great grateful opportunity a, a blessing from the man above um i was so happy the, the fan base was so happy people from where I'm from and exactly in the middle of Syracuse, the city was so happy and that made me even more happy on just to see how many people were so happy for me to come home and and wanted to see me play. So I'm glad I made the opportunity and I just can't wait to show the fans, my friends and family, uh, the real Simon Torrance. And who is the real Simir Torrance? What should we be looking out for on the court? Um, a person who goes out there and, and smiles and and just encourages guys and and uh, here and there will will be uh, be goofy and 
and make a couple of dance moves, but really just going out there and, and saying whatever it takes and uh, just doing it, doing it for the fan base, doing it for the team and doing it for the coaches and, and most importantly doing it for my friends and family. And at the end of the day, I, I want to do it for the man above for giving me this opportunity as well. You know, you talk about that, you mentioned that a couple times, and, you know, I love that you give credit to, you know, where credit is due, give it up to God, and, you know, because that's such a huge part of my life. What can you tell me about your faith and, and what role your faith plays in your life and why you're not afraid to talk about it? Uh, I mean, it, it plays a big role in my life. I mean, uh, I thank Him when I wake up. I, I thank Him before I go to bed. Um, I also thank him on my bad days. I thank him on my good thing, good day, good days. Um, I know he he always puts me in a situation that he knows I can handle, and I thank him for that every time. Um, really, just a blessing to have him in my life. And I, I come from a, a family who believes in in the Lord, and we're going to continue to believe in the Lord because He leads us in always the right direction and um, we're not afraid to cherish that and how important is that for you Samir that, that you have that in a world where it's so easy to see hate it's so easy to you know see that I mean there's there's been racial injustice there's been a pandemic and outside of that you know there's people on social media that are hateful they you know you felt it I felt it you know, people listening and watching right now have felt it. What keeps, I mean, how does God keep you centered, focused, positive in a world where it's so easy for us to see people just say really terrible things? I mean, he he, he put me around the right people. He gave me a, a mom and dad where I can come home to every day and, and talk to them. He gave me three older sisters who I look up to a lot. He gave me a, a younger brother who looks up to me, and I, I look up to him sometimes because of what he he's able to do on the football field. Um, God has put me in in so many situations where I can be great at, and um, he never wants me to, to stop doing what I'm doing. Um, whenever I'm saying something wrong, he wants me to speak up about it, and, and that's what I would do. Um, I mean, I, I just have to thank him, to be honest. I'm, I wouldn't be the man who I am without the family that he, he put me around. So, You know, and, and, and you mentioned your younger brother, Sire. I, I had the opportunity, really at the beginning of Corona times, to speak with him in a special I did for CBA. What can you say about your brother and, and what he means to you and on and off the football field, what he's done? Because, you know, it's a, it's a pleasure for me to talk to uh, anybody especially those people representing our community that I love so much. And I came back and built my business here because I love this community. So what can you say about okay. Sire and how cool he is? And just how, you know, just um, as a human being. He's, uh, I can just say the next, he's the next big thing coming out of Syracuse. Uh, he, he puts his all into football and that's all you can ask for for him. Uh, he's all I ever wanted as uh, a younger brother to be. He's um he's so much similar to me, just in a different way, just in his own way. Uh, he has tremendous talent. He he just has a bright future 
and I can't wait to to see him grow every step of the way. Especially since I'm home now, I get to watch a lot of his games. Um, so actually playing today against JDS seven, I can't wait to watch him play and uh, do what he does. Um, I mean, he, he's a he's a great kid. Um, I know everybody says every kid is a great kid, but he's he's really special. Um, there's times where he's quiet, but uh, he's gonna get out of his cell soon enough. Uh, he's a really, he's really, he's really uh, a younger, a younger, better me. Um, he works hard in everything he does. He never wants to be be wrong or or just have that uh, that loser mentality. He always wants to win, and that's what that's what I respect about him. Never wants to lose. He's always in competition with me, uh, and I love it. Um, so one day, hopefully. Uh, he can be a better version of me and a, a better version of himself. Awesome words coming to uh, Sayer from from his older brother here, Samir. I don't want to leave your your three older sisters out of it, so let's shout them out and tell me something special about each of them. Uh, I mean, uh, Janaza, Jasmine, and Giovanna. Um, they're the reason I started playing basketball. To be honest, uh, they were in high school and I was. In elementary or pre-K, obviously, actually elementary, and uh, just growing up watching them play basketball made me want to play basketball. Uh, just being around them made me look at life a little different. How how women actually get treated in life, and um, just knowing that I have them makes it makes it better to see the world in a different way. Um, because I know males have a different way of seeing the uh, the world without a woman in his eyes. But uh, I, I was fortunate to have four great women in my life a little bit more because of their best friends who I'm really close with and I call sisters as well. But um, I'm, I'm just grateful to have my older sisters in my life because... They're they're every they're everything to me, and they they're always there for me whenever I need them, and um, they're gonna be really excited when I come back home and I I start to play because uh, they're truly my biggest fans. You know, and that's incredible. I know you said four women, so we got to shout out mom and dad. So for those that don't know, I'll let shout out you know mom and dad's names as well as what makes your parents so special as they take care of all of you. Uh, I mean. My mom is, is my rock. Uh, words can't explain how much she means to me. Uh, every step of my journey, she she's done anything and everything for me to become the man I, I am today. Um, and that's driving everywhere that I needed to be, whether it was for a camp or, or for a game or even for, like, a one-day visit for school. My mom did all that just for me. And she she always told me she wanted me to be happy. And she never wanted me to to see to see depression. Um, so I really just gave all the credit to my mom. And, and for my dad, uh, I'm really his twin. He's a... Uh, he means a lot to me. Um, he's, uh, he's shown me a way to be a man 
that nobody else can show me. Um, he's a person that never gives up on life. Uh, I mean, my story with him, he was really my best my best friend growing up. Um, he had a corner store uh, that he used to work at on South, uh, on South Salina Street. And I used to grow up in that store. I used to always be in that store after after football practice because I used to play football when I was younger or after school or after basketball practice. I used to always be in the store and I used to always want to be around him. Um, and I want to say my sixth grade or seventh grade year, my dad um, sadly was taken away from me because of a situation that he was um, he was basically was basically uh, brought into. Um, obviously, I, I know that it wasn't his fault, and um, my dad had to do some time because of uh, somebody else's doing. And um, he just he just really kept in contact. He never lost faith in me. He never lost faith in his family. He always had that positive attitude. Um, he always wanted the best for me and uh sure enough he he's he's home he's been home for a couple of years now and he's he hasn't seen me play in high school these last two years was the first time he's seen me play but actually not play because i didn't play the way i wanted to play or or even playing at all so coming back home means a lot because i get to show my dad the the actual me and the um the same returns that he he's missed all these years. So my my dad and my mom are are two amazing people that that are everything to me in this life. Speaking here with Samir Torrance on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal studio. Samir, I appreciate you uh, sharing those stories and, and talking about your mom and your dad. And, you know, I mean, what did your dad's journey teach you? I mean, he, like you said, everything he went through and, you know, you obviously not agreeing with, you know, what went down or how it went down and whatnot and, and the time that he had to do. What did it teach you? Like, what did your father teach you from his journey of being taken away from your family and then finding his way back into your family? What did that teach you? Um, he just taught me never give up. Uh, he really just taught me never give up, keep going, keep practicing, because practice always makes perfect. Um, he always just told me um, to watch who I'm around. And it just really wants nothing but the best for me, to be honest. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a winning dad. Um, he's blessed. Um, and I, I, I'm grateful to have him as a father. Does your family feel complete now? So definitely, for sure. Um, I have uh, two nieces as well who are everything to me. Um, when the youngest one just started to pick up a basketball and start dribbling and shooting, which uh, means a lot to me. The the oldest is uh, it's really goofy and silly, just like uh, her her uncles and nieces and and grandparents. Um, uh, I truly feel that my family is complete and it's uh, it's it's still growing. 
Um, but I'm 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 in a happy place right now. That's awesome to hear. And, and shout shout out mom and dad's names if we didn't do that already. Uh, my mom's name is Sharice Torrance, and my dad's name is Craig Davis. And in having all of that, you're coming back home. I mean, this is going to be uh, such a big moment for you for so many reasons. Putting on Syracuse orange, fill in the blank for me. Putting on orange means blank. What does it mean? It means everything. Um, I get to put on for my city. Uh, I get to show the world what the 315 is all about. And that uh, we have we have talent in in the three one five as well as any other city in in the country. We can compete with anybody in the country at any sport um, because we come from a small city where we're used to not being looked at. So we have that that chip on our shoulder where where in our mind we can. We can really be whatever we want to be, and that's that's what I want to be to the city. I want to be a role model, and um, for the younger kids that's looking up to me, to just tell them that that dreams always come true as long as you put your mind and efforts to everything you want in life. Why why did it work this second time around? Why did Syracuse just feel right when they recruited you before? Why why when you had a chance to be recruited again? Did it just feel like this had to be the place? Um, it's just the opportunity. Um, right moment, right time, right place. And and that's that's the that's the doors opening from the man above, to be honest. Um he's 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 leading me in the right direction. And I I trust him. So, um I just felt like it was it was a time to come back home. And for you, I mean, the emotion, the excitement. I know you haven't played a game yet. I know there's some time in between, but what type of emotions and thoughts have been going through you? Because I get a sense, even over the phone, that you're just you're just ready. You're just you're you're ready to put on for your city. You're ready to be out there. You're excited. So, what what are the emotions? What are the thoughts that you have? Words can't explain how I feel, how much energy I have going into this season. Um, to be honest, I'm I'm really excited, um, and to everybody that's listening or, or gonna gonna listen to this, uh, I'm gonna give it my all, and um, I'm not gonna quit. Uh, and I just ask for anybody and everybody who's who's looking up to me or as even or even with me um to just love me on my bad days because we all have bad days it's, it's not really about your bad days it's how you respond after your bad days and um and that's all i that's all that's all i really um ask for is to to bear with me um know that i'm i'm working I'm not being that person who's not doing anything and and is just hoping for um, something to come. Um, I'm going to be that that kid who's going to work hard, work hard for anything and everything I get. Um, that's how I was raised, and 
that's how I'm, I'm still living to this day. You know, and you have that, you know, that, like you said, that work ethic and going out there and being excited. You're not asking for anything to be given to you. I love your words of be patient with me because this world is so much of a microwave society. So for you, what did they tell you? about coming in. I mean, Joe's been bringing up the ball at point. He's been the starter. So what do you know about the situation? What has the staff told you? I mean, I, I don't know too much. I don't know a lot. Uh, to be honest, I'm not really worried about that. Um, I don't. I really don't care where they put me, to be honest, because that's that's how much trust I have in these, in these coaches. I know they're going to put me in the best situation that they can. And uh, whether that's coming off the bench or starting, uh, I'm going to do whatever it takes or Syracuse basketball to win. You know, and doing whatever it takes. You come from the Big East, ironically, where Syracuse used to be, and you come out of Marquette. Cole Swider, who decided to transfer in, who was also recruited by Syracuse and the first time around didn't end up coming here, is coming out of Villanova. What are your thoughts on coming to Syracuse with Cole Swider playing together after you just played against each other in the Big East? I mean, we just have uh, we have chips on our shoulder. Uh, I know Coach Ryder was in kind of a similar situation that I was in. Um, his freshman year, he did very well, and his sophomore year was was kind of a a downfall. And I know he wanted to play more, so I know he's coming into this season with a chip on his shoulder, and he's he's very hungry as well as myself. Um, so. I mean, I know we're really excited, uh, and um, me and Coach Ryder have been talking, and as soon as he touched down in the 315, I know we're going to get right to work together. Yeah, and I'm excited to see because he's, I mean, he's been on the show as well and really had a great time talking with him as I am with you, Samir. And uh, before I let you go, I like to flip the script. So what that means is uh, you as a player, you never get to ask the questions. You always get asked the questions, but you never have the opportunity to turn it around. So on my show, it's called Rapid Fire. And on my show, I hand you the microphone and let you ask the questions. So you got four questions Anything in the world, right. basketball-related, anything, but you get to ask me whenever you're ready. Okay. Um, my first question is a non-basketball question for right now. Uh, is, uh, what, what is your takeaways on the Black Lives, La- Black Lives Matter movement? Um, how do you think it's going? How do you think it's been? And... Um, what do you think? What do you think should continue happening, or should happen more? You know, I I think that you know with with the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, with the fact that uh, I think it's important to you know obviously uh, stay with people that it doesn't mean that everybody's life doesn't matter. It's 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 on the means of if every life mattered, then why doesn't why doesn't a Black life matter as much? That's what I've taken away from it. And, um, you know, to have people of every color of the rainbow and background and sexual orientation and, and this, that, and the other that are in my life, I can tell you that uh, I, I'm at a loss that people don't see the world in a way of equality. Um, not that not everybody does. I mean, when I was growing up and I was a little kid playing on my grandmother's street, 
you know, the only two kids that ever asked me to play were two brothers, and um, you know, they they both came from you know an African American household, and nobody else asked me to play on the street. I, they were the only African Americans I think on the street, and it was it was just funny to me that it was like, well, why wouldn't I play? Like to me, they were just two kids asking me to play, and so I went and I played basketball with them, and there was a car that drove by one time. I think it was a brown car, four door, and guy kind of pulled up and stared at me and looked at them and looked at me and I just remember the feeling wasn't a good feeling and I remember thinking to myself like why is this weird and I mean to me where I think things are I, I think we need to keep the conversation top of mind it's not a fad it's not a you know what's catchy what's clickbait and all that BS I think for me until everybody's life matters and everybody feels loved and everybody feels treated equally then I just don't think it's good enough and so I would tell you that I'm happy that people are caring I'm happy that people are, are looking at at the fact that black lives actually do matter um, I think it's crazy that anybody would think that the color of your skin would mean that you matter or you don't and I just uh, would command people to not uh, do this because they think it's cool or because they think it's in or because they feel peer pressured or because they're scared But to actually care about everybody's life because everybody's life matters and uh, Where I think it's going I think I think we need to live in a world where a black person gets pulled over and they're not afraid Where they can own a business and not feel that you know people aren't gonna come in when they I mean I, I just Samir it's a great question, but to be completely honest with you I don't understand why you can be born in the skin that God gave you and that anybody could see you any differently. I look at people on the content of their character. The only people I don't like are people that are just consistently mean for no reason. And, yeah. you know, I don't think that knows color. And, I mean, I, I kind of said something along the lines of, like, if coronavirus didn't discriminate, then why would we? Like, a, like a, a disgusting virus didn't even discriminate. So, you know, I, I, I think that I think that as a world we can do better. I hope that we're trying to. I know it's always been my mission to treat everybody with respect and dignity and love. And I know that the God I believe in would never, ever want me to turn my back on anybody. So I know it's a long-winded answer, but my hope is that you know, I mean, you can always stand arm in arm with me. My hope is that the world will take your other arm as well and, and treat you with some respect that you deserve. Because freedom is, is not a human right. It's a God-given right. And equality is not a human right. It's a God-given right. So uh, I, I, think, I think that more than 2,000 years ago, we should have been treated equally is the best answer I can give you. Yeah, I appreciate that answer. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my second question. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go split to split. Um, I'm gonna go back to basketball. Do you think college athletes, and I'm not just saying basketball, um, all athletes, um, do you think college athletes should be able to get paid? I think that the NCAA has function in this world of saying that they're a you know non-profit organization which is insane because they make billions of dollars so I, I I can tell you that I think there I think there's a lot of 
problems that can arise that I've thought about <clears throat> with student athletes being paid. You know, I think if the the star point guard makes more than the backup point guard, does that cause a rift on the team? Uh, if a football player makes more than a basketball player, does that cause a problem? If a car company backs you but doesn't back Joe Girard and Joe starts playing more than you, do they try to get involved? So I think there's a lot of circumstances, uh, states, teams, within the teams, schools, what do they push? So there's there's a lot of issues that can come with it. With that being said, do I think that you deserve to capitalize on what the school and the NCAA has capitalized on forever? Absolutely, because they're making money off your back and you're getting nothing for it, and, and I consider that to be unfair, and the amount of players that are actually going to make it pro and get a chance to make money is so slim that it's already slim to be in the NCAA as a student athlete. It's more slim to be a pro athlete. So if they're going to make millions of dollars off your back or thousands of dollars or whatever off your back and you never make it pro, then what good does that do you if they make $100,000 off of you and you never see a lick of that? So there's got to be some type of happy medium where a player can actually uh, not be used and find some way to benefit from it because the NCAA has got a lot of problems and one of those problems is the fact that they make a heck of a lot of money off of teenagers and <laughs> you will never see that money and I don't think that's okay. Yeah. Um, my third question would be, uh, okay, it's going to go in a Syracuse basketball. So it's a two-for-one question. Okay. Who's your, who's your all-time favorite Syracuse basketball, men's basketball player, and what was your favorite game to watch? Favorite men? Okay. Uh, my favorite men's basketball player, John Wallace, hands down. Uh, number 44, Cuse in the house, oh my God. Um, I can say that I am friends with John Wallace and with his kids now, which is insane. Um, growing up as a kid, watching him, loving him, you know, from afar, watching him play and all that. And now to call him a friend, I'm a true testament that you can achieve your dreams, that God does exist, and he is listening. And you can be whatever you want to be. So I'd say John. And the only reason why I wouldn't pick the 1996 team that went to the championship game is because of the 2003 team that won it all. So I'd have to say my favorite game to watch is in 2003 because I still don't believe it. And... So I would say definitely that, but the 1996 Final Four and championship team run, uh, I love so very much. And John Wallace is J.B. Reefsnyder, Otis Hill, so many guys on that team. But uh, John Wallace is—he was my favorite player when I was nine years old, and 26 years later, he's still my favorite. I like it. Uh, final question: I'm gonna just stick with basketball just because okay. it's uh, something I love. Uh oh yeah, I really want to hear this one. Okay, your top, hmm, your top five basketball, NBA basketball players of all time. Top five. Jordan's number one. I would say, oh, gosh, this is, this is always so hard for me. I'm not even a Laker fan, but I always want to like put the Lakers in. Um, I got to put Jordan in there. I got to put Bird in there. Um. I got to put Kareem in there, but I want to put Shaq in there. So, uh, but I would have to say Jordan, Bird, Magic, Kareem, 
and Lord, this is so hard. I would, mm, Bill Russell. I mean, he won more championships than anybody else. So I got to put. Bill gets so he gets dogged so much. Like everybody talks about winning a chip, he has a he has eleven. So yeah. So I mean, I would say, but that you know, but. Please know that Kobe's on my mind, Shaq's on my mind. You know, I do not think LeBron is better than Michael Jordan, and I will fight anybody on that. So, I mean, Michael Jordan I, never. I agree. I agree with that statement. I, I feel like he should be considered top two best, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard for me to put him in with Magic and Bird and Kareem and all that. I respect LeBron. I do. He is a physical specimen, but. He buys championships, and I got I got issue with him just like making a giant crater and then bringing in all these teams. Like Jordan didn't do that. Jordan didn't say, you know, go get me Patrick Ewing and Magic Johnson, and then I'll play. So, well, you know, I think I think just because of that, because I, I had that conversation as well. Um, I don't think Jordan was able to do that. I think LeBron is just taking taking power of. He's basically being his own GM, which is kind of special. Um, yeah, he is. He is. Um, I mean, I don't think Jordan would have done that if he was in that if he was in that uh, predicament. Um, and I mean, uh, man, you gotta you gotta look at the players that LeBron played with and and who's who who he played against. Um, it's it's kind of tough, and he's uh, he's a he's a point forward. He can do anything, and he can guard anybody. So, I mean, that's why I put him at the top of the list, just because of his his high basketball IQ and and what he's able to do on the floor in so many different ways. Yeah, man. I mean, it's all good points, and you know, he's definitely in consideration. It's hard, but I I'm, I'm, I got Jordan up there. For a reason, I don't know if he'll ever come off that, but he's there for now. But I mean, tremendous questions. You know, when you're when you're done playing basketball, I might have to hire you to my company. But you know, and, and get you in here with you know doing some work in broadcasting because those those questions were very well thought of and very very well put together and, and really caused me to think. So you know, Simir Torrance here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Simir, the best thing I can say to you is this is the first conversation we're having, and I can't wait to have more. And you know, the worst thing I can say to you is anybody that plays Syracuse should be ready. So uh, I'm excited to see you out there. I'm excited to tell your story, and I'm really excited to build in our relationship and our bonds that uh, already means something to me. So thank you for that. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for having this.